many songs do you have in your head? I swear to God, y'all, I walk around these earwigs. This is Lisa Andre uh, in the end. We're here to talk about Hamilton. Some of us are late to the party, but we're here. <laughs> we're here. How y'all guys doing? Well, we couldn't get into the party. It's not our fault. Yeah, we tried. Party was, was $1,500 uh, a pop. It was, so. wasn't it? Was that the price on Broadway? For a long time, yeah, I was what? in the thousands. The actual <clears throat> rolling rat fuck. A lot of ticket scalpers. Wow. A lot of holy you know. pizza rat. Who's affording that? Is it just a sea of white people come to see the brown people play the white people? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So yeah, Hamilton comes out on Disney on July third. You best better bet at twelve oh one. I was right fucking there. Um, but I am not a Hamilton. I don't know what they call Hamilton fans. Ha- Hamil Hamil fan. Hamil fan. I don't know shit, um, yeah. and and because I don't know shit about it, I just know that how I got to it was weird. But I Andre is going to lead us in this Bible study because I do not know <laughs> anything about Hamilton. So take us to Popsicle Jesus Church, Andre, on Hamilton. Love it. How y'all doing this fine day? <laughs> Have you been washed in the blood? If God can put you to it, God can get you through it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> God will make you helpless. Um, today. I wanted to start. Yeah, um, I wanted to just start by asking you guys how you how this sounds really corny, but how did Hamilton come into your life? Yes. Like, what was the first time that it came on your radar, and how? I kind of led me and Ian to it because we had watched season one of Mindhunter. I just started watching some show in my office one day, and I was like, "Oh my God, Mindhunter! This is amazing! Isn't that the guy from Glee?" Is that the guy from Glee? Whoa, that's the guy from Glee doing, oh, God. And I just, Holden grabbed me and wouldn't let go. And then I got obsessed with Jonathan Groff, and I went on a Groff hole. And I started watching everything he was in, and someone said he's in this Hamilton. And I'd heard about Hamilton. I wasn't unaware of Hamilton, and I knew it was exploding, but it was a musical. And when it comes to musicals, I'm like, I don't really pay attention to those because traditionally for me, you know, singing the part that you could say bugs me. <laughs> I love some musicals, but most of the time it's like, I'm going to the door. Just go to the fucking door. Do you have to sing it? Anyway, I had a bad experience watching Les Mis in the theater. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. I, why? And Russell so, Crowe, right? right? Russell Crowe. So, yeah, why was that ever made? So here I am, like, Jonathan Groff was King George. In Hamilton, I, I had to see this. So I go and I see the clip, and I see that first song. And then I started really kind of getting the idea that Hamilton was huge and a phenom. And then I started watching the Hamill, uh, the Ham for Ham stuff on YouTube, and I was like, i got to start listening to these songs. And I was just, it was all YouTube bit by bit because you couldn't get your hands on it. Then we got yeah. the Questlove-produced album with Lynn. And couldn't stop listening to it. I'm like, these these songs are bops. Hi, what is this? And then I found out my family members and friends were obsessed with it. And then it, I just kind of like was, I was the lobster in the pot. I was steeped in it slowly and I drug my husband with me. <laughs> and here we are. And you, Andre, I'm assuming... Um, kind of, kind of similar. I had known about Hamilton, um... It, when it was blowing up, it was my um, senior year of Wait, high what school. Year, what year was um, this? It came out in what, 2015? Bra- yeah, Broadway uh, Broadway debuted in 2015. Yeah, and, and, yeah. My, and Mindhunter came um, out in 2017, so I'm trying to get the timeline right. correct in my mind. We were too late years like, to the party. But it was like, even when we... Yeah. When we I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, Andre. I'm, I'm trying to... I'm no, trying no, to we get are the, doing a podcast. I'm trying to fine. get the tri- timeline right, because... <laughs> Um, I don't recall. I mean, all of a sudden, it was just there. Mm. Um, and if yeah. we saw it with Groff in 2017, I remember it still. You know, when we heard about it, it's still being huge. So that means it was huge for two years already. And counting, it was huge for a long time. It was in the zeitgeist for a long, long time, even before it came onto Broadway and it was doing its previews at the Public Theater. It was. A giant how, buzz. How did it the not show. hit our radar for two years? Well, that's on us. <laughs> I know. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure that out because to me, it's like this. It was pre-pandemic. I mean, we were literally leaving the house and shit, and uh, 
Yeah, we were just completely unaware. Maybe we were living in the bliss of Obama. Oh, get, move the car. Don't get a ticket. Um, love how those alarms go off in the middle of the podcast. Yeah, I don't. It was one of those things where when I finally figured out what it was or, and steeped in it, I was kind of embarrassed. Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, yeah. this is big. And I just went, I was the bullet. Right over. Well, now you know what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. <me>. Okay. Because <laughs> I come to things late well, all the time. But I actually, but I, I, I remember listening to the first song. The way it happened was really weird. So I had heard about Hamilton. I knew that it was from, from what I could gather, like osmosis wise, a lot of people were calling it a hip hop musical. And I was like, uh, okay. I was into, I was really into musical theater in high school. Um, but I think at that point, by the time I start hearing about it, I don't think the album was right. out yet. And then, so fast forward to beginning of 2016, and uh, I'm in like my chemistry class. I can literally remember it to the day in my chemistry class, doing some work, listening to music on Pandora Radio. Yeah, I, oh, I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and then the song, a song from the show, came on, and it was "Burn," and I didn't know it was it was from Hamilton. But I remember I was listening to it. I like stopped what I was doing and I was listening to this and I'm like, what is this? And so I pulled out my phone and it was Hamilton. And I'm like, okay. This is not what I thought this was. Wait a minute. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I think yeah. a lot of people were like, oh, this actually isn't what I thought it was. And then that led to just a rabbit hole of listening to the other songs until I finally downloaded the entire album. It was the only thing that I could listen to. It was like nonstop, mm. pun intended. Yeah. Um, just nonstop Boom. listening and over, and I find and like it. Do you know how how long it took me to get my parents on it? Because I always wanted to play for it for them in the car because they also love musicals. But I think they had the same reservations. They're just like, oh, we don't really listen to hip hop and blah 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 blah. And like, shh, just just listen, yeah. just listen. <laughs> and then by the time uh, summer twenty sixteen came around, you know, we were driving to my college orientation in june and we had we were listening to the entire album from the first song to the last song on the way and back home and they were just like obsessed with it yeah and that's like pretty much how every person in my life kind of digested it i told them about it they were a little hesitant and then i played it for them and they went to listen to it and they're like oh my god i cannot stop right. listening to this so it it really is like it's it's really amazing to the point by the time I got to freshman year of college, I was literally doing a podcast with my friend who is also a huge musical theater about Hamilton. Um, and we literally broke down every single song from wow. act one. So every episode was a song. So we're we not broke the first, down, what we you're saying. We picked apart the lyrics, the music. No, and it's and it's funny that I'm talking about Hamilton on this podcast now. So it's, it's like this weird... So you brought your first you wife into your second you marriage is what you're saying. <laughs> we got a little bit of that uh, Angelica yeah. Eliza shit going on. We here. do, we do. What's going on? I'm feeling like Peggy mm. about it right now. I didn't even, I didn't even know this. <laughs> uh, okay, so what was that? What was the podcast called? It was called the podcast where it oh. happens, and it was a bad, it was a bad title because there were literally four other podcasts called know. that uh, that were doing the exact same clever, thing. But here's <laughs> the thing about that, and I know there's a lot of there's a lot of flooding. Uh, I call it flooding on podcasts about this kind of stuff. But if you're into something like Mr. Robot fans, we have nobody. There's like five of us, and if there's a Mr. Robot podcast, no matter how flawed, even if the the audio is in the other room because we don't get mics and we're talking about, I'll still listen to it because I'm into that shit, and I feel like. I do that with all kinds of shows that I'm into, and Hamilton is no different. I kind of enjoy just listening to all those takes because everybody's going to have a specific take, and I want to hear what that is, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, I think we decided to do it because we were, we were both music majors, and we wanted to do it from a, like, clearly, like, technical standpoint because we just wanted to break down, like, just how genius everything was, like, we didn't we didn't go on to act two because of reasons, but yeah, but I don't think you can find it anymore. The 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 hosting the I can't even remember where we hosted it, but it's no. like gone now. No. So a lot of those hosting companies I, I went have under. Some, <laughs> I have some files floating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have some files floating around my computer, but I'd like to hear um, them. We should just like post one up. I think if you can find the files, uh, we could post at least a section of it, right? Maybe okay. a section, sure. We'll, we'll Why see. not? 
We'll see. It's really, but we didn't have microphones. We were doing like the the oh, Apple earbud microphone. I mean, it worked, gotcha. but. But then, so fast forward three years later, and I get tickets to see a touring production um, back in December. And I thought I knew what I was getting into, but I was not literally shaking for the first three songs to the point where I was like, I need to stop this or I'm not (laughs) going to be enjoying it. I was just completely overwhelmed. And this was also coming off uh, the backs of the Dorian workshop. And so I was like still really in the the theater world, but just like kind of seeing it and experiencing it was like a whole other level that I have to be honest, I think the film captures pretty well. It is very different, but I think the things that stood out to me translate very well right. to the film. So that's your comparison. What was the specific company? Do you know which branch, if you will? I don't know. They they have different names for, I think we saw the Angelica company. Yeah. I can't remember, but I remember the all the performers. It was also nice to like see other performers and their takes on the roles. Um, I really just love seeing just different interpretations of everything, and it was nice to like get the same show but with different people. So it was it was really interesting. Did the cast to see. stay brown when it toured? It was still brown. Oh yeah, we didn't have like, yeah, we didn't sneak in yeah. a white. Yeah, I mean our, our our Hamilton our Hamilton was a cool. black man. Yeah, um, Dominican Puerto Rican, all of that. Hopefully. Um, mm-hmm. that's cool. Cause I know that they've made a, a, a dedication to that, which is, you know, an aspect that we want to get to mm-hmm. later, but yeah, I love that. Cool. Yeah. I think the only time you see a, a white person in, in leading roles other than, um, King George is, is just like an understudy or a swing. I've seen like some, uh, I've seen white actors play like Lawrence and Philip Hamilton. Um, but I don't think I've ever seen like a white Hamilton right. or anything. Cool. What's next on the the schedule in the Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> the, Bible the Bible study. study. Well, let's talk about like the, the holy mm-hmm. shit moments, like the highlights yes. for us when we were watching well, what's this What's the holy film? shit moments for you um, and the touring company? Because you've gone from seeing this touring company and you said you couldn't breathe. You were actually getting so worked up. So to walk yeah. us from that into the film for us, like how did that translate for you? Honestly, the, the, the thing that, literally got me shaking and hard to breathe was just the staging and the choreography. It was, I've never seen like more expressive choreography and staging in a show. I haven't seen a lot of them, but <laughs> I've never seen anything like this. And obviously that's something you don't get with the album, of course, but that's like one of the many treats of seeing it live or in this film is seeing this wonderful choreography by Andy Blakenbuehler and the staging by Thomas Kale. I really like that it it helps tell the story and it doesn't get in the way of it. It doesn't get in the way of what's trying to be trying to be put across to the audience, which I really love. It really helps it and propels it. Um, it was it was literally that. And the other thing was the lighting design was unlike anything I've ever seen. And I was I was a little nervous going into the film because I was worried that the lighting wouldn't translate well in 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 the film version because I've seen examples of that where like when you watch a pro shot, um, I'm thinking like the Phantom 25th anniversary or something like that. The lighting is like, it's really hard to see, but with, but with this, it was, I was so ecstatic to see that they really took care to make sure that the lighting design got across is so like there's Hamilton is just every facet of a musical theater production turned up to an 11 it just raises the bar in every single way and it it really is overwhelming at first it does take a couple of couple of watches to like finally get your head around it i think that first song for me like 1201 i'd listened to the album i had seen a couple of oh don't get a ticket still telling me don't get a ticket uh that's great i can't i'm doing this on my phone it's just that's going to keep happening um that's awesome so (laughs) I, i think that first that 1201 I launch it. It's there. I'm like, is this going to crash? There are millions of us. Is it just me by myself? That's naive. There's millions of us waiting for 1201 for it to hit Disney+. And I started watching it, and I was already tired. I was ready to go to bed, and Ian had already been in bed by an hour. Um, And then just seeing it just come right at you on the screen, my biggest oh shit moment was that first number going Oh, I thought I knew what this was, but I don't know what this is. Yeah. 
though this is what it is. Yeah. And it just mm-hmm. never stops. Like we've watched it now six times, five and a half times. We yeah. still have the last part like, of it. Like I, I heard it I heard it about fifteen minutes in. So then I came out. It awakened and it just, him. It was there. <laughs> and he, he sat there like We watched it twice. We watched it twice in a row in the middle of the night. Yeah. So But I think the oh shit moment for me was Lynn, I expected. I'd seen so much about Lynn by now. I expected. What I didn't expect, and this is going to sound really dumb, is just how good the cast is. You know, Renee and Anthony Ramos and Oak and David uh, and Philippa, Jasmine. I didn't expect them to be this good. I mean, yeah, it's fucking Broadway, though. But I have, you know, I'm out of touch with Broadway. I'm not a big. Broadway head is that a term and so here here they were where have these performers been all my life I've seen David out into the world I've seen Leslie Odom Jr. out in the world but I did not know how good they were and then I was just because our narrator is Leslie's Aaron Burr I didn't expect that to be my oh shit moment was oh he's our narrator He's telling us about Hamilton because he's the survivor. He's the one who carries the burden. He's our villain. Yeah. And then I didn't, the other, I think the biggest ocean moment for me, and again, pay attention to the spoiler tag here, is that this story is given to Eliza, that the end, we end it with Eliza. And that, spun my head around. I didn't pay attention to the back half of the album. I didn't know the story. I didn't yeah. read the book. So I wasn't expecting this to to land in Eliza's hands and that gasp, which has been open to interpretation. Even with Lynn and Thomas and others, we kind of have an idea. But th- there was a little moment, too, before she gasped when she says, you know, I'm telling your story, the Washington Monument, because you could have done better. And to look at Chris Jackson's face as he processes that as Washington of like, oh, yeah. shit, oh, she, she's reading all of us. And she's like, and then it's about the orphans, and this is my finest work. I didn't expect to be – I'm getting emotional yeah. just talking about it. I didn't expect to be just yeah. laying yeah. in the floor. And it's, it's a lot to take in. I can imagine being overwhelmed in a the theater seeing this live. You can't catch your breath from this. You never catch your breath. By the Yeah, there's – from from the the final Aaron uh, the final duel between Burr and Hamilton to the end, I was just yeah. a mess. Like especially even like leading up to the duel because I knew what was going to happen, and I think it was the fact that they the the way they choreographed the last one to mirror the ten duel commandments in the first act, and the way I didn't know that the the sound effects in the album was the bullet getting closer and closer and closer. And I think that's like what finally got me was just like watching it get closer. And then when he says Eliza and they're like, just like barely out of reach of each other. I'm just like, I was a mess. I was literally a mess. And then by the time she says the orphanage by the end, I'm just on the floor having heart palpitations. Like it's just, it's just so much. And also the idea, someone brought this up, but the idea of like living 50 years after the death of your right. husband and also outliving your children. And it's just a lot. And whether or not, I mean, like we've heard all the things about how, you know, the, the historical accuracy is up for debate, but I, I think the emotion is felt just by the Eliza we see in this show in particular. I just, yeah, I, I completely agree with you ending it with Eliza and the gasp and everything. I mean, yeah, it's just, I don't know how to describe it. I've never seen a, a show begin so perfectly and end so perfectly because it is you know because it's not give, it's not and again there's a lot of criticism about you know this is a ultimately this is a show about a bunch of white slave owners and the, and it doesn't address slavery um i think i kind of walked into this having been surrounded my entire life by people who jerk off to the founding fathers um i'm just not a big fan of them uh, <laughs> I just, you know, fuck them they didn't want to pay their taxes they started this new nation but it's a complicated story I am not going to tell black people how to feel about Hamilton. I am not going to tell anyone how to feel about Hamilton. I'm not going to shout the critics down. All of these arguments I'm hearing are pretty fucking valid. But what I find that people may, I'm sure people are acknowledging this too, that Lin-Manuel Miranda owned Broadway 
and owned the founding fathers by casting black and Latino and actors of color to portray, portray the founding fathers. And I don't see this as a love letter to Hamilton. I don't see this glorifying mm-hmm. Hamilton. I mean, they certainly put his affair on blast and his diarrhea about it. I mean, in the words of uh, Thomas Jefferson, what? <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> I don't think it glorifies anyone. I don't think anybody comes out of this smelling like a rose. Maybe a little bit George Washington. No. Maybe there's a little bit of a, a deity around him. Yeah. But I don't think yeah. that Lynn's purpose is intent here. Was the, I mean, he literally has no. Thomas Jefferson walking around like a pimp. You yeah. know? Yeah. And he, I mean, he calls out Thomas Jefferson. We know who planted for, the seeds. You know, right. So. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's it, it does. And it changed the face of Broadway. It changed Broadway forever. And now, yeah. I think the reason the reason it, it it was so huge was was because of the 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 casting. And I I I remember when we were sort of ramping up into doing this podcast and wanted to research because, you know, I'd missed all of the stuff that was happening as it was coming out on Broadway, and there were a lot of people that were upset <laughs> that the casting call was like right. no white people essentially. How dare you? There was you? a huge like controversy around yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think that controversy ultimately led more people to the theater to go yeah. see it. That's, it what certainly I, that's, helped, what I re- I, that's what I recall, it, it being that sort of drive because, oh, it's this this friction going on. Yeah. Yeah. And there, you know, Broadway does have a, like any other medium, honestly, it has a problem with representation. Um, I mean, the the only the only show that you see a cast with that many actors of color is stuff like the color purple Dream Girls, or the Wiz, yeah. or 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 Lynn's first musical right. in the Heights, you know. So it, yeah, it's it's it's. But when that came out and people were ready to see it, Leslie Odom Jr. saw a very early workshop of it, and he said that just seeing um, the song, the story of tonight, and four characters of color being on stage and singing with each other in this brotherly way. He had never seen anything like it. And he, he resolved that he was going to, he, he was somehow going to get involved, you know? So no, I think, I think it's done wonders and it, it has led to stuff like Hades town who that also has a very diverse cast as well. And there are very, there are a lot of similarities to that show as well, but I think it really, you know, kicked people awake to be like, hey, you know, we're, they're there. You know, it was never a problem of we don't have many actors of color. It's they're there. They're just never well, cast. The, the Great White Way was ailing, right? You know, it's it's been limping along for a while. Again, the, this $1,500 ticket price, oh, that's still blowing me away. I thought it was 300 bucks. I'm very naive about Broadway ticket prices. But we've seen, like, Broadway be very, uh, very behind the times and – all the young experimental shows come along and save it every single fucking time. And they were probably in a, mm-hmm. they were in need for another shot in the arm. And here comes Lynn, this Wesleyan student, this Wesleyan graduate, and he starts putting himself into a show. And just getting that mounted is a miracle. But be, even before Hamilton, Lynn was out there changing the game. He's the weakest performer in the show. Uh, but you will forgive sure. him because he has put together this beautiful uh, libretto this beautiful uh, script. So I don't mind that um, Lynn sounds like um, the actor, the lead actor from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> Siegel, Jason Siegel. But his acting, his acting is amazing. I'm just saying he... I didn't I, I didn't. Literally, if that, you yeah. go watch Forgetting Sarah Marshall, it's uh, Jason Siegel is singing his Dracula musical. <laughs> They sound the same. Uh, Go back and right. listen the to Dracula them. Musical. They they sing Lynn and Jason literally sing the same way. Go listen to the Dracula musical from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I swear to God. Uh, yeah, honestly, I I didn't notice until I did see the touring production and the Hamilton that they had was also a singer. So I was like, Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what those songs yeah. are supposed to sound. But how, like. how did how did that person do with the the um, the rapping part of it? I mean, that's a different mouth Because he can rap. Lynn is good at rapping. You know, that was his background. Was the actor mm. good at um, in the traveling company with, with 
picking up the rhyme schemes. Yeah, yeah. It, they were all great. I, I will say when I was watching the film, It's Quiet Uptown was was like, I remember watching it and being like, Lynn, you cannot be crying yeah. right now. Like, crying and singing does not go well together. The acting is great. I but loved it. It's really hard to sing when you're, I mean, it works, but like, it's a, it's a common thing to be like, a really good Broadway actor can look like they're crying, but not actually be crying because they know it really no, affects. No, I know that as an actor too. Your throat gets constricted, the phlegm builds up, oh, yeah. and the, it's like really hard to sing. No, while I you're made crying. that mistake. It, but when he, but when he broke down when Eliza took his hand, I was like, "It's fine, it's fine, I love it." Let's that was going. another oh shit moment for me too. Lynn just openly crying next to her, which you wouldn't do in a live performance. Yeah. I made the mistake. <laughs> We were doing, I forget what musical we were doing. I was a theater major. That's probably why I have such an aversion to musical theater. God damn it. Um, But like, I remember trying, I actually really cried and then I had to sing right after that. And then I'm just choking on my own phlegm the entire first time and I'm just gobbling it down. And, but this, I don't mind. I don't mind that he let it happen. But then he gets this baritone kind of (gasps) swallowing his voice and then I just start laughing. I can't help it. I I love you, Lynn. Don't be mad at me. I just, I, I felt, I was like, okay. But it was great. I, I'm, I'm not criticizing. Me. I'm just like, him standing. Him standing next to Philippa and and him just like bringing his head to the side and crying. I was I was a waste. I was just on the floor, the puddle. Yeah. Like oh my god. Well, it was interesting. Yeah. To and hear I wasn't waiting for the unimaginable song. I didn't even. I don't remember it from the album. You know, and just the loss, and also it's very heavy right now. There's so much death all around us, and I, I just it swept me away. Yeah. I'm sorry, Ian. Go ahead. Um. I, I can't. <laughs> Shit. I so sorry. Oh, no I'm a dick. <laughs> Did the glasses have anything to say? Were they distracting you? This is my my glass factory over here. Anyway, no. Um, Shit. Ian, I'm so sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's just, um, <laughs> uh, I just fucking forgot. I totally forgot. Because I had, you know, I was brain fart. But yeah, whatever. it happens. It happens. Uh, it'll it'll weird come back. Times, it'll come times. back. But can I also point out that these people... Did this eight times, eight a, times week. a week. Yeah. I just want to say that. Week. Eight fucking times a week. I mean, like, yeah, people take a day off and, like, there's understudies and swings and everything, but eight fucking times a week. Can we also give a shout out to that that company oh ensemble? Oh, my gosh. Like, singing and doing that wild choreography and still sounding that Ariana good. Ariana uh you sent us this yesterday. She's the one who plays the bullet. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. Walk us through with the whole thing with the bullet and what Ariana's performance meant. So yeah, let me let me pull this up so I don't don't forget it. But essentially, yeah, there's there's a role essentially called the bullet, and it's played by this character that if you remember after you'll be back, there's this um, actor that basically gets killed by a British sh- British soldier, um, and she come back she comes back routinely throughout the show as an omen of death. So the next time you see her is at the beginning of Stay Alive. She carries a shot that almost av- let avoids hitting Hamilton um, in the song Yorktown. She helps Lawrence kill that British shoulder soldier. God, why can I say that soldier and shakes his hand. And as we know, Lawrence dies like two songs later um, during blow us all away. She's the one who tells Philip where to find George Eaker um, and Philip is the next to die. And then during the final duel, she again catches the bullet fired by Burr. And if you watch her, she gets closer and closer to hitting Hamilton while he's doing his soliloquy. So that whole like omen of death and the whole show is is surrounded by legacy and death and what is what are you going to do with your time on earth and I don't know how many people know this but that kind of stems from Lynn's sort of childhood trauma with death like he had a lot of he had to go to therapy to deal with basically his phobia of death and dying and he's talked about it a lot and how that influenced the show I have the same but phobia. I don't want to die I think we all do right now. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, this is what I'm talking about. There's little things like that that you won't necessarily get until you really wrap your head around the show. And I think this is the thing about musicals is that I've always been a proponent of its rewatchability. Mm. I think there is a, there is a um, I guess, attitude out there that if the audience doesn't get everything 100% the first time around, then you didn't do your job as a right. writer. And for I think like for some things that apply, but for some things like this bullet concept, 
it's you too know, it's too deep. It's, it's not the same. Yeah, thing. I don't it's, know where I don't know where, where that yeah. criticism comes from. I mean, it's if you're writing something that's worth worth a damn, it's something like I said that's re-readable, rewatchable, we reconsumable, and you notice all the details. It just means that somebody put a lot of love and care and layers into what you're taking in, and for the one price. Uh, in this case, you know, for your subscription to Disney Plus, you get to delve and see that again and again. I think that's a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. That's a that's a wonderful thing for creators to be able to do. Yeah, yeah, and I've had to, I've had to fight back my when I was writing Dorian, I had to fight back a lot with my composition professor because I I kept saying like it, it, just because people don't get this lyric the first time around doesn't mean they won't that's get right. it the second that's or third right. time. It's like a good you know, hip hop album. If it, if I, yeah. it's like I like putting little nuggets for people to find and make connections because that's how you engage with art. You know, if I could, if if it's just all shallow, one hundred percent. I mean, what is there left to talk about at the end of the day? You know, you're meant to engage well, with it. Ian was saying know. this the other day. Like he listens to, you know, he's been uh, listening to hip hop forever, and he was like, every time I listen to, you know, this artist or that artist, I'll hear something new, and then you're hearing it for the filter of the times. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was one of the things of, of of Hamilton that I thought was was my oh shit moment because I had you know I came to it I don't remember how we 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 got into it it's like because the, the timeline doesn't make sense to me I, I just don't see us not being on something for two two years maybe not <laughs> maybe we're remembering it all wrong so I don't know. but all I remember it and I remember the joke from the the shop it's like oh that's not hip hop or that's not rap well I mean semantically it is rap. Because all rap is doing is it's pretty, it's, that's pretty rap. intense fucking rap. The joke, Renee the joke David was the joke was fucking hilarious. It though, was, it really was. But it wasn't correct. But it was hilarious. Um, and then, so that was my context to it. And then I saw it, and I, I got to listen to the, the the structure and the music and the story, and it was just like this is fucking brilliant. It's fucking magic. It is magic. I mean, that's all it is. It's fucking magic. Yeah. So. There so are it's our hip hop guy saying that, that guys, you know, he's the hip hop guy on the on the show. So yeah. No, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, his, yeah. I mean, like the beats. I mean, that's why I asked. I was like, did he did he do the music to this? Is this is this Lynn? Is this all his brainchild? Is this? Oh, I'm his, so glad I you mean, asked that. So in essence, yes. Um, but the person that really brings the songs to life is Alex Lackamore, who is the orchestrator. He's of the, the guy show. in the pit, right? Um. Yeah, he's he's okay. yeah the conductor, um, who's also you can't really see it, but he's also playing the piano and everything. Oh, and cool. this was another thing that Hamilton sort of revolutionizes, sort of the hybrid orchestration in in musical theater, because there is a lot of um, traditional or- orchestral stuff and also a lot of electronic stuff. And they had to, I I actually know the person who was an Ableton programmer for uh oh. for this original Broadway production and basically this program sort of runs through the entire show the whole i think he said like 90% of the show is on a click track um because there's so many pre-recorded electronic yeah. elements that need to be synced up perfectly um so it starts and but then it, that, it, it's yeah. a continual track that's playing the whole time well not necessarily with with Ableton the 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 way that works is you're able to start it and stop it whenever wow. you like, and you're you're able to program, you know, as much time as you need to get to the next part. And it's a very complicated program, and I, I'm still, I, I have it <laughs> downloaded just to not open it and try to That's work awesome. my way through it. But, but yeah, most but most of the show is through a click track, um, that is is fed through um the musicians in the pit, um, yeah, there there is a, a lot of that going on, um, but. One thing I wanted, the couple things I wanted to say in terms of like the quotes from the show that hit, really hit different in 2020 than in 2015. Because um, when it was said in the show, I was like, oh man, we're, we're right there right now. Um, Heed not the rabble who scream revolution, they have not your interest at heart. It was just like, right. okay. <laughs> this is not a moment, it's a movement, but we'll never be truly free until those in bondage have the same rights as Yerp. you and me. It's timeless. Yerp. It's timeless. So because it, it it hasn't changed. And then my sort of like presidential slogan for twenty twenty is I'm looking for a mind at work. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so quotable. I mean like the finger on the pulse because this has been 
the fucking problem since the birth of our nation, the afterbirth of our nation. And also, and also, if it, it yeah. came out in 2015, we mm-hmm. had 2016. Ian's so still trying last, to figure out where he was. No, the last four <laughs> years, because this is not just. We were talking about this last night. It's not just a musical. This, this is, this encompasses our society in yeah. a whole. I mean, it, it it's not just. We're not just watching like we were watching Lord of the Rings or something. Yeah. You know, this it, it is exactly this fight and struggle that we are going through today. And I think that's why it hits so yeah. tough with us because we've gone through four years of, of hell and compounded and we've also gotten 400 worse. <laughs> years of slavery in this mm-hmm. country. Yeah. And 250 some odd years of just getting it wrong and doubling down on slavery and celebrating it. And being surprised and and the, and a lot the of white rage in the streets right now because y- y'all getting your statues yanked down and your loser participation trophies removed and you're mad about wearing a mask and you w- just ready to die. I think white people are limiting themselves. I think they're just they're just rushing off the cliff. They just want to not be here anymore. And I'm like, y'all rapturing the shit out of yourselves. Y'all need to calm the fuck down. And how does it feel? To feel like this, y'all feel uncomfortable now. You feel challenged, and y'all yeah. lose your mind over a fucking mask. You know, it's it's insane to watch this. Not well, surprised the, though. Not talking surprised about by you know reaction. lines, uh, you know that are, that won't that the, that just won't that are timeless is like mm. you know one day there'll be more of us. One day there'll be more of us, and here mm. we the fuck you know. Whore. And that's yeah. and that's I think that was the genius yeah. of what Lynn did was he took this American traditionally white american story yes because it was told that way because it says who's going to tell your story and he made it what it really is it's just genius right genius right it is it's fucking genius we were sitting on the either end of the couch right and we're watching like the first time the second time and i can just hear him sniffing and i'm sniffing i just like snot all over my shirt over the oh shit moments of the production and how beautiful it is and how well done it is and again i used to travel with a show a concert show and we would turn everything into videos and our lighting director did not get the point that we're going to put this on video so it'd be dark as hell. We never saw the black people in the band for four years because the lighting director did not understand that you needed light for video differently. But sitting here like taking it all in and going they got all of it right. They got the production right. They got everything fucking right. And then I wanted, I got into like how they shot it. But before I got to those moments just taking it in the first time just raw, just right there we both were so yeah. emotional because of where we are in the world and how right on time it was and how, you know, it just feels like Disney is trolling the administration. And I kind of loved that. I have complicated feelings about Disney. Yeah, I have complicated feelings too. Um, so yeah. just, it just, it's still, I mean, we're going to go in when we're done with this podcast and finish walking, watching the second half. I can't get enough of it. Not because I love the founding fathers. They're a bunch of problematic dickshits. Absolutely, but they yeah. do. He makes some dr- great points in this, which I've been telling to people who've been fanboying over the Founding Fathers forever. The Constitution was a mess created by a bunch of people who couldn't agree on lunch. So they, they ratified it on Tuesday, and they started fucking with it on Wednesday morning. And Lynn points that yeah. out. He says that. Yeah. You know, this is a yeah. mess. And you see how these guys are disagreeing. No one's perfect in this. I'm not holding up any of these sons of bitches. And and the uh, the room where it happened, it's like this is backdoor shit, guys. This is way above our pay grade. Yeah, and it's always been that, that has way. always that has always been my favorite yes. song. Room where it happened is is one of the most geniusly structured musical theater pieces I've ever listened to, and seeing it. And also Leslie Odom Jr.'s performance <sighs> he specifically he in that song. He floats and dives around. It's just yeah. the way. He, it's just the way he like sort of just like I don't I can't right, even describe right? it. Like his yeah. stage presence is so is so imposing and imposing while also being confused and angry and and why is no one taking me seriously? And man, I can't I can't get over it. I literally roll over when I wake up in the morning and put Disney Plus on my phone just to watch oh, where yeah. it happened. Because I'm just like I'm just like I need to see it again. Like I just need to I just need to watch it again. Like it's that to me, watching it was a holy shit moment. That when I f- saw it live, Sophia was like, "Andre, calm down." <laughs> <laughs> she was like next to me. She's like, "It's she okay." Was, like shaking. <laughs> um, yeah. By the end of it, I was just like, like literally, just like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" 
I can't I can't get through it. I can't get through the he's rest of the show. He's a mighty force. He's a thing of joy and beauty and he's like that gadfly and he's a ballet dancer and then he's jazz and he's liquid. He's everywhere at once and just floating above that stage. Oh my yeah. god. But then there's the yeah. smaller performances that are just as powerful. Philippa what she does with her face what she does as Eliza, just with her mm, face, yeah. just standing there. Uh, the moment when she comes out after she's, they've lost Philip, and she's just standing there beside um, beside Hamilton, she's breaking me in half. She's just standing there. That is fucking acting, yo. And and then yeah. what Renee does with her body and her voice and the way she communicates uh, everything. I, I I love them all equally. I find myself watching with every watch. I'll focus on Anthony Ramos, who's a powerhouse, who's a fucking mm-hmm, powerhouse. Mm-hmm. And then I can't take my eyes off of Chris Jackson. One of my favorite songs, and I don't even know if I can have a favorite song these days, is Chris Jackson's song is for Washington. I don't know the names of the songs. I'm the, the very, very last, last one. Um, one last track time. Before, man, you got to yeah. listen to track number four. And I remember like watching Obama watch Chris sing this before I had seen the musical. I watched all that mm. stuff and like weeping like a bitch because one last time and we were all saying goodbye and had we even known we would have been crying and rending our clothing in the street. But um, <laughs> just the way these performers come to it, what they add to it, what David adds to it from going from Lafayette to... Thomas yeah. Jefferson, what Anthony takes from being Lawrence to Philip. Like, every performance in this, it's just a masterclass in how to yeah. take up this space on the stage. And I would love, Disney, please do this now that we're all home indefinitely. I would love to see mounted touring companies' versions of this. We would all flock to Disney to watch any touring company of this, because I'd like to see the interpretations and what they did. All the King Georges, you yeah. know? So yeah. yeah, I'd like to see, especially the King Georges, I'd like to see the very Can we ones. talk about Groff for a second? <laughs> yes. I wanted I wanted to bring him up because there is actually a, a really cool thing behind uh, his involvement with this, is that Jonathan Groff left the show in November of 2015, um, and they filmed this in June of 2016. And the King George at the time was Rory O'Malley. And when they said that they were going to film this and make it a film, Rory O'Malley said, you got to get Jonathan Groff and back. And he came back. Because people need to see him as how King generous George. of Rory. Yeah. I think I that's just, just When I awesome. heard that, I was like, yeah. oh my God, how sweet. There is a, uh, on Prime yeah. right now, you can see the uh, straight, to, straight Shot to Broadway the whole special about the making of of Hamilton, which we found very enlightening because I got to learn about Lynn and got to learn about In the Heights and how they mounted the show. And these grizzled old critics, like this one guy came out of the theater and he, after he saw Hamilton and he goes, I was just flying. After being really skeptical, he said, I felt like I was flying. Um, but going back to yeah. Groff, I love the the story about how they make that they made the, the initial crown that he wore so heavy that he had to walk in a very specific way because it weighed like something Mm -hmm. like 20-something pounds, which is a lot on your head. And he's got to be regal, and he's he's draped in fur. It's probably hot as shit. And he's got to walk with one foot in front of the other. And I think Beyonce came to see the show and goes, I am stealing that entrance. (laughs) But it was all because he was trying (laughs) to keep his head underneath this crown and I think, you know, for this performance, they, they figured out the crown and it's lighter, but he still kept the walk. And that's what I took away from that. I was just like, oh, he kept it, though. And then they just a little shimmy with his shoulders and the spitting. Oh, my God. I just riveted for all nine and a half minutes of the King George performance. What did you guys think yeah. about Mr. Yeah. Groff? Um, I knew he was going to be amazing, but... Again, seeing the actual acting, I mean, because you can't, unless you're in the first or second row, you can't see it, you know? So, like, the like the pouting when he says, uh, why so sad? And and it's just, like, his eyes also, like, how he's just kind of, like, surveying everybody while also keeping his head incredibly still. And the whole, when it gets to Um, ever and ever and ever and ever. And he's just, like, just just, I own you. And I love that Lynn, he was on his honeymoon, right? And he's writing a breakup song. It came to him that 
mm-hmm. would be a breakup song between King George and like, oh, you'll you'll be back. He got that from. He um, yeah. Didn't he get that from uh, Hugh Laurie? I think he did because he was working with them. It said he was working with them, and he asked yeah. him. So yeah. what, what, and he's like, oh, you'll be back. I was like, oh, is that is that yeah. was that the mentality? It's like interesting. It just comes from everywhere, doesn't it? Yeah. No. We did. I remember we did a whole episode on just that song and comparing it to British invasion yes. pop music when that was around and the Beatles and how the again Alex Lacamoire's orchestration in just doing that and and putting that in some little box. There really is just everything for everyone. There's always something for everyone in the yeah. show. But when he comes back for the Reynolds pamphlet. And literally the whole the whole company stops just to watch him do like the little <laughs> the little I dance. Love it. And then he just like throws the paper in Hamilton's face. And just like the way oh he does God. his little his they little were just like we gotta get Jonathan yeah. Groff in uh, more than just his three songs. It's just it's, it, but but it's just enough. It's just enough of Whitey. Yes. Uh and I had not expected him to sit there and like bop around at the end. I did not know that was coming. Yeah. Of him just playing. Yeah. He's like, oh, this is going to be fun. And his, his feet are off the ground. Yes. It's yes. hilarious. Oh, yeah. That the, that whole Adams administration yeah. thing. And he's just kind of like, just like bopping along oh, to the music. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can't say enough about it. Leslie Odom Jr. said that, that in the very beginning, when he has to turn to him during that song, it was really hard <laughs> for him to not be laughing. I would lose it. Yeah. And Groff is so, oh. Um, if, if you want to see other stuff that Groff's been in besides Glee. Uh, we all know that entire series should just be burned. Uh, but looking, he's wonderful in looking. If you want to also see the other, this mm. dude's range blows me away. King George yes. to Mindhunter to looking. If you just watch those three performances in one day, you'll get to see what this man is made of. I fucking love him so much. I love you, Groff. Mm-hmm. I love you all in Hamilton. So, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, all yes. Things. So, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about like what this means going forward for Broadway, because as we know, I mean, Broadway is currently shut down until January 3rd, 2021. Right. Um, and, you know, Broadway, work- Broadway workers are currently out of a job until 2021 and shows like Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and Hangman have closed before they oh. even opened. Beetlejuice, the musical, was forced to close before their closing date and other shows could see the same mm. fate, unfortunately. Um, so this pro shot being released for, you know, $7 has really sparked this conversation of we need to make Broadway more accessible because it really, it really is. If you can't get a, 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 if you don't have money for the ticket, then you either have a pro shot or you get lucky with the touring company. But like, you know, it's New York, it's one place in the world. Um, not a lot of people can get to it. Exactly. They should be able Um, to figure this out. Come on. They should, they need to figure this out and do it because you won't have broadway if you keep on this track especially in pandemics and this is not the last pandemic we're gonna have this is not it yeah and this this whole debate has sparked like the whole bootleg thing where you know i have mixed feelings about but i saw a a lot of people also pointed out we did at my cousin's house he didn't oh girl same i i saw like i think i saw just the first act and i didn't feel too bad about it because like i know hamilton was like it's doing fine (laughs) financially um, I also don't feel bad of like watching bootlegs of like closed shows that like are not in right, production right. anymore. But like I I I try not you know I don't want to see bootlegs, especially if it's a show that I really want to see. Eventually. Well, it doesn't help the actors. It doesn't um, help the cast and crew to like live. No, and and if you no, want this, no. you can't have you know your your steak <laughs> and not have a place for the steak yeah. to like you know do its thing. That's a really weird example. But I yeah, but I think the the bootleg culture not only comes from wanting to see the show but the people that are in those roles right. in the show. It's much more than just seeing the staging. Like it's much Disney more than that. Disney has all the money in the world and, to make you know, this happen. I mean literally you could go and, yeah. and start shooting these things in a way. I feel like you could still shoot these things in an empty theater and make them accessible. And then they already have content they've already yeah. shot. You know, I feel like people after this, this is a gateway drug, Hamilton. You can open people up to Broadway. You could have a channel. And this is a whole nother stream yeah. of revenue for actors and crew. So the deal needs to be structured so that the actors do benefit. You know, that they're yes. not just like a commodity That's, for yeah. you guys to make shit tons of money. Surely you can work this out. Yeah, that's that's the current problem because I've also seen people talking about how they can just open up the Toft mm. archive, which is the theater on film and tape archive that is is in New York where 
if you want to see a recorded version of a show that has either been already closed or is still on Broadway, you can do it for academic or research reasons, but you have to, ha- you have to go through a whole right. screening and it's really is just like locked up. Um, and I wish it was as simple as just opening up that archive and making it available to the public, but it just opens up a whole can of worms of like streaming rights and like residuals for the actors who are not, working and and who have already left the show and the people who are still in that show they need to renegotiate their contracts it's a whole lot of whole but it's not it's not impossible it's not impossible no it's not it's it's not possible it yeah it's not impossible but it's for me it's not the it's not the best route also we don't know the quality of the archive recordings for all we know it could literally just be like a camera pointing at the stage you know, which I mean, like, I think some people would still want to see it, but I think it would be great to get pro shots that are like this, that are like directed and designed and everything. I think I could totally see a world where, you know, they they bring shows into the into an empty theater. They get everyone tested for covid and they get they get it the filming done in a day or two. You can't obviously you can't have the audience interacting and clapping the way you do in the Hamilton film, but it's a start just to get these people paid while they're out of work because of this Mm. pandemic, you know? So I, I really, I really hope, I hope that Hamilton has like set a precent and it doesn't, you know, it makes people more interested in musical theater and you're, you're going to get more ticket sales that way. Share it to a wider audience worldwide and you know, the sky's the limit, but make sure you don't fuck over your cast and crew. That's all I'm saying. Or I won't participate in that. Yeah. Um, is that the end of our Bible study? I think, I think it, is. it is. There's everybody it said is. everything about Hamilton, and this is our our small take on it. I am going to go and listen to a lot of people's podcasts. Um, I am so curious and interested in what people think about what they've experienced with this good, bad, and ugly. Uh, listening to the legitimate criticism of this, like I said, I'm not going to tell y'all how to feel. Um, so, I wanted, yeah, I wanted along that vein, I wanted to plug this mm. YouTube channel. Um, his name is Howard Ho, H-O, and he has a whole series of basically how Hamilton works. So he basically breaks down from a musical, the- uh, music theoretical perspective and breaks down how all the, th- all, how all the songs are interrelated and how they work as- together as a show. There's currently, I think, like 16 videos of varying length- lengths that you can watch if you really want to get into the nitty gritty. He really explains everything very very well and simply and i i i remember watching it when i was first getting into hamilton and really loving it so i would definitely go check out howard ho ho cool. on youtube word there you have it well we're gonna go back and uh <laughs> continue watching our sixth watch we're gonna go watch hamilton <laughs> i hope you guys are taking care of yourselves hope you're getting enough sleep drinking enough water staying as sane as you can um, we're, we're right in there with you, um, but sending love and light to you guys and hoping that you're, you're doing okay. We do love you. We do think about you. Do worry about y'all. All right. All right. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.